Hi there, this is Pastor Tim. I'm the minister at Eastside Church. We are a United Methodist congregation in East Atlanta Village. We seek to be creative, historic, and inclusive. And we are thrilled that you found our podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our church community, you can visit us at www.eastsideatl.org. Good morning, Eastside. My name is Karina. It is a joy to be with you virtually this morning. If you haven't had a moment to do this already, please go ahead and fill out that CCB form that's linked in the YouTube comments down below. This is the way that us as a staff know who's present as we are in this continued season of physical distancing. So please go ahead and do that if you haven't already. Friends, I also have the great joy of bringing you today's sermon. It's kind of wild. A little bit about me is that I came on staff on at Eastside in February, right before the pandemic. Um, but it's been such a beautiful journey to get to serve you in this way. And believe me when I say I'm counting down to the days that we get to be together. Also, because that means we get to know each other on a more personal level. And so as I was preparing this message, I was thinking about how you may not know a whole lot about me. So a little bit of a personal backstory is that I'm a born and raised Floridian. Uh, Troy and I moved up here in May of 2019 in order for me to pursue seminary. So I just completed my first semester at Candler School of Theology. Um, and actually, funny enough as well, is that in, let's see, it was December 2018, Troy and I were up here for the holidays. His family is in Stone Mountain. And so we were up here visiting and we wanted to attend a Christmas Eve service. And lo and behold, we stumbled upon Eastside. So it was a Christmas Eve traveler service that we attended. But here we are two years later and I'm bringing you today's message on the first Sunday after Christmas, which is just a wild turn of events. So it's a great honor to be with you this morning. So if you've been with us for the past couple weeks, you know that we have just finished off our Advent series titled Everyday Mystics. But I want us to continue on the theme of exploration that Pastor Tim and we also heard from George Howard during this series. Um, I want us to explore a little bit the Magi story and, and hold on to kind of those uh, key elements that they've kind of laid out for us of just exploring and wondering because that's the beauty of, of this text that we get to do that. So I'm going to read us today's scripture. We are reading out of uh, Matthew chapter 2, 1 through 12. Please uh, follow along with me if you have your Bible with you or the words on the, on the screen. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, Wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him a homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all of Jerusalem with him, and calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people. He inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. 
Then he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. And when they had heard the king, they set out and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw that star, that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Join me in a moment of prayer. Gracious God, I thank you for another holiday season. I pray for those who were set, were isolated from their families. I pray for those who did not have a traditional Christmas. I pray for those who were at home. I pray for those who were with their families. I pray for those who were experiencing joy or sadness, grief, loss. For many, maybe it was the first Christmas without a loved one. I lift them up today. God, I pray that the words that come from my mouth and the meditation of my hearts will be for your good, for your joy, for your love. We pray this all in the name of the Mother, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So friends, the scripture today, you may be familiar with it. Maybe you have been uh, around church before and you've heard of the story of the Magi. So you may know that we have kind of a couple characters that we're going to be looking into today. The first person that I kind of want to talk about is King Herod. King Herod was the ruler of Judah at this time, a man who desired power and reign to his name. And he also desired to be feared. He is a man that held so much insecurity that when his reign was even somewhat threatened by an innocent baby, nonetheless, he ordered for all of the children under the age of two in and around Bethlehem to be murdered. This was actually pretty common for Herod. He would order pretty much anyone to be uh, murdered who like threatened his throne in any way. So an easy way to get out of things, I guess. (laughs) And then we have the Magi's. So you may know or you may not know that they were Zoroastrian priests, that they were astrologers, magicians, ancient shamans from the courts of ancient Persia. And thanks to westernized Christianity, many of us actually probably depict them as the three wise men. But we don't actually know the number or whether or not they were men. Actually, a lot of theologians and scholars have wondered if they were actually women present Um, or even if there were eunuchs present, which in our modern day understanding, we would understand that eunuchs would be queer folks. So all of this is part of the Magi's wondering and then the story of them. Also, the Magi's are a fascinating addition to our Christian story because they themselves wouldn't have identified as Jews. And they were actually followers of the prophet Zoroaster, who was a monotheistic philosopher whose teachings became the state religion of the Persian empire in the seventh century BC. So this is just a fascinating fun fact and tidbit about the Magi's as well is that they were a totally different group of people. So then in our story and in the text that we're reading today, 
we find we find them meeting the Magi and King Herod. So the Magi are traveling through Jerusalem in search of the baby Jesus, right? And what feels like a secret kind of exchange, we have King Herod calling them in and saying, please tell me about this savior, the king of kings that you're looking for. I also want to pay him respects. Tell me everything you know. And the Magi are like, okay, well, we're looking for him. So I guess we'll let you know what happens. And King Herod's like, yes, please let me know what happens. Like, please come back through Jerusalem and let me know. And then we find out later on in the text that the Magi end up having this dream. So it almost seems like there's this sense of like, uh, maybe like regret and like worry about surrounding King Herod and his intentions. So much so that they redirect their path home because they're like, we're not going to go back and tell him what, where we found the Christ child. So that's the text that we're kind of in today. Um, But I want us to zoom out here for a second because I want to talk to you about this movie that I saw and some just personal information, I guess, is that uh, I married into a movie going family, which is like, maybe sounds like, oh, they like movies. Like, no, no, no. Like my partner, Troy, is an intense movie person. He loves it so much, so much so that I, I think that he may have been just a film critic or a like a movie director in another life. He just, it, it just a big passion of his is that. Um, and so Christmas Day traditionally is spent at the movie theaters. So we'll have our Christmas morning, but then we're headed to the theaters to watch whatever new Star Wars is out or whatever other movie that we want to see with his family. Um, and as we are unable to go to the movies physically right now, we have this beautiful streaming services, uh, Disney Plus, that you may have as well. And yesterday, the new uh, Pixar movie, Soul, came out. So sure enough, we, with Troy's siblings, sat around and had our snacks ready and watched the movie Soul. And this movie, I want to tell you a bit about it. it. So Soul follows a middle school band teacher named Joe, who has this deep passion for jazz music. We are introduced to Joe in the beginning of the movie as someone whose entire life revolves around what they hope is their inevitable big break. And in the beginning of the movie, we see that Joe actually gets offered a full-time position at the school that he's teaching at and that he has been teaching at. This is now like a opportunity for uh job security, 401k, a pension, health insurance, all things that can be hard to find in today's society and a job. But also on the same day, Joe gets his big break. By some struck of luck, he gets to try out for jazz legend Dorothea Williams. So as the story goes, on the same day, Joe also dies. (laughs) He isn't watching where he's going as he's walking through the busy streets of New York City, so excited that he got this audition for, to play for Dorothea Williams, and he quite literally falls down a manhole and dies. Now, I know what you may be thinking. Okay, Pixar movie, thought this was for kids. What's going on? <laughs> but I want you to stay with me because there's this really great concept in this movie, Soul, that I want us to explore in contrast to the Magi story. So we go on to realize that what happens is that all of a sudden, Joe's soul is now about to go into the great beyond. And we realize that what happens 
is where our soul starts and begin is that each soul before heading down to earth needs to find their spark. These souls are paired with mentors who tell them about their previous life on earth. There's this really great scene with um, Gandhi and Mother Teresa mentoring other like souls about to head down to earth. It's phenomenal. They're so, they're, it's, it's just great. But we have this soul, Joel, who is so furious that he died. He's like quoted saying, I just got my big break. I just don't understand. I need to get back down to earth because I need to perform. This is my calling. This is my spark. This is what I need to do. And we follow Joe trying to scheme his way back to earth. He's, uh, his soul is literally trying to figure out how to get back down to his body. But then we are introduced to another character and we're introduced to soul number 22. Now you see soul number 22 has been up there for a long time because they're quite a bit of a tough cookie and their soul can't for the life of them seem to find a spark. They're so stubborn. Soul isn't sure that they have it in them. Soul number 22. Soul number 22 isn't sure that they're worthy enough to go down to earth. They're not sure if they can do it. So I won't tell you any other details from the movie because I really want you to see it, but I want us to hold on to this idea of the spark that's within us that this movie introduces, that these souls' entire journey before beginning their life is to find this spark in order to get what the movie calls is their earth pass. It's a fascinating idea that when I watched it last night, I literally woke up this morning and was like, I've got to rewrite my entire sermon illustration because I need to talk about the movie Soul. It was, that, it was just that good. So let's zoom back into our scripture. Much like the Magi, these souls are searching for a light or a spark to be able to begin their journey. The Magi studied for so long. How do we get to the Christ child? How do we follow these stars? How do they align at what time, what place? Where do we need to go? Where do we need to be? And like in the movie Soul, these souls are also doing the same. What do I need to do? Who do I need to meet? How do I get down to earth with my spark? What is my passion? What do I love? What am I gonna be in life? Much like the Magi, you could say that they're looking for their epiphany, looking for that moment of, oh, this is what this is all about. Oh, this is what I'm supposed to be looking for. When we look at our verse, our scripture text in verse 10, it states that when they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy, overwhelmed with joy. They found it. We did it. There it is. But whenever we're talking about humans, I can't help but also wonder where, well, was, was there fear? Was there anxiety? Was there a nervousness of what if we didn't get it right? What if we took a wrong turn? What if we got the wrong day wrong? What if the Christ child's not there? What if I don't have a spark? And well, as we know, 
in the story of the Magi, they do find the Christ child. The Christ child is there. And like the scripture says, they are overwhelmed with joy. And I wonder what this looks like for us in our life. I wonder what this looks like for us in our personal day-to-day lives as we go and move, whether it is that you are located here in Atlanta or wherever else you are on this planet, what does that spark look like for you? What are we searching for? Because you know, friends, a gift was given to us this Christmas. Jesus is that gift. You see, Jesus has given us this ability to see and with this has given us our own individual epiphany. Because my epiphany would look different from your epiphany and from the next person's epiphany and the next and the next. And that is the beauty of being a human on this earth. We each individually have our own unique stories, our own unique sparks that we're all searching to find and searching to see. And Jesus gives us that ability to look for that. It's just up to us to look for it and to see it. I take inspiration from the Magi because they really put themselves out on a limb. They could have been wrong. How many times have we done that in our life that we've gone out on a limb and hoped for the best, hoped that we found it? I take inspiration from the Magi story in this way. They went out and they searched and they found it. I want my, my journey to mirror that. I pray that I hope, I pray and I hope that I go out and I journey to find it. Friends, it's just up for us to look for and to see it. My prayer for you today in this day is that you will do that. Well, we hope that you've enjoyed this week's message and we look forward to seeing you soon. If you listen from afar and you would like to support the work that we are doing in East Atlanta and on Atlanta's east side, you can visit our website, www.eastsideatl.org and find our giving portal there.